0: Hi, everybody. My name's Patty. I'm a food addict and compulsive overeater, and uh, very glad to be here today. Uh, Thank you, Evelyn, for leading the meeting, and uh, thank you, Nancy, for asking me to speak today. So, um, first time at this meeting, and uh, thrilled to be here. Let's see. I am a 10 and a half months abstinence coming back from relapse. So I've been in the program and I'm kind of reading. So I wrote a few notes. So if I keep looking down, that's why. Uh, But anyway, I came in the program 29 years ago in November. And um, my first, just, I can't believe it. And it changed my life forever. And my first abstinence so that was November, right? And it was my first abstinent holiday. So it was the first time was, I think I was 32, 31, that I did not gain weight over the holidays, right? And um, and I don't know what, well, anyway, and I was abstinent and maybe a little bit saner, and, and I was hooked. And I've never left the 12-step room since then. I've had many, many periods of abstinence, from two years to 12 years to five years to three years to two years to one year, nine months, six months, three months, and then days, one, two, three, whatever. Um, Like I said, I currently have 10 and a half. Um, But this last time, I did not know if I was going to make it back. I just did not, um, you know, I was demoralized, I was suffering, I gained back up to 220. I think my original weight when I came in was 224, and I was a dieter. I, you know, fought this disease and never won. I'll just say that. So I think my first diet was in third grade, and um, I took a before picture. You know, like whatever June first, beginning of summer, and I was going to be whatever size uh, a fourth grader is. Um, starting fourth grade, so I had the first. I took the first picture, and I never got to the to the um, picture that I wanted to be at. Right, never got to the end. And the truth is, that is how every single diet was until I came into recovery. It was always the same. I was not one who ever got the gold key or finished a diet. I think when I started feeling maybe better or close to the end i don't i don't know what happened i don't know if it was fear i don't know if it was you know, well just my food addiction right coming back so um but um that's kind of how it, how it was and you know in the dieting you know i was overweight grade school high school college um sometimes more overweight than others and all the demoralization, you know, shopping was horrible. Uh, buying clothes was horrible. And, um, uh, besides the name, and then my name, my name rhymes with fat and fatty. So it was not pleasant, not pleasant at all. Um, but I couldn't stop. So, um, And, you know, and I had had periods of long abstinence, but I think, um, and I have been on a food plan most of that time, eliminating some alcoholic foods. And I don't think I eliminated them all. So I think that was a piece of it. But anyway, I was on a food plan. And I think recently in the last three, four years, maybe. I had let the food plan become my God instead of the program. So I just kept thinking if I get back on the food plan, if I get back on the food plan. And the truth is, if I got back on the food plan, it did help physical compulsions right away, probably within 48 hours. However, it didn't help um, the other parts of the program, right? That you've come to away for, the spiritual, the emotional. So it did nothing for Uh, my brain who kept saying you know I want this regardless of no physical compulsion so um, and I would get back on track for a day two three three months something Um, and um, I really I became one of those people in a way that that used to baffle me right that could be desperate one day and then in two days later kind of like, Oh yeah, it's not so bad. I, maybe I was just making that up. Maybe it wasn't really as bad as I thought it was. Um, I did go get some outside help this time and I got more help on recognizing my alcoholic foods and eliminating it. So, um, you know, and there were two that I had never eliminated over the years. Um, and I'll, I'll just say they were, um, it was sweetener and caffeine and decaf. And this time I gave them up. and but uh, But the bigger thing I learned was about powerlessness. And I could always say I was powerless this whole time, but I wasn't feeling it anymore. I wasn't emotionally, I couldn't feel it anymore. And I hadn't for a long time that, you know, crawling back um, feeling like, oh my God, this disease is gonna kill me. So I have um, continued to work on step one and really focus on step one a lot. Um, And the other thing I kept, you know, there was a lot of grief this time. I think grief that, I don't know, um, I'd let myself down let my uh, 12-step groups down. Um, You know, and I just wasn't a good example anywhere in my life. Um, So I kept kind of blaming myself and if I'd only done something different or gotten more help sooner or something. And um, a friend of mine said, you know, Patty, you have a disease and it's like cancer. And if you had a friend who had cancer and the disease came back and the cancer came back, you would not say, Oh my God, you're awful. You know? So that helped me get some more self-acceptance, which has been um, something I've been, you know, continuing just to work on. But, um, let's see where else was I going with that? Um, So, yeah, recognizing my powerlessness and then um, eliminating the foods that were alcoholic to me. And I started reading, uh, well, I started working the steps, but I started reading uh, two pages that mean a lot to me uh, from uh, the big book on page 24. Uh, the fact is, and this is every morning I read this, the fact is that most alcoholics for reasons yet obscure have lost the power of choice and drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force, the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago, we are without defense against the first drink. And so, you know and i think for me it was you know i can't remember the uh suffering and humiliation of even a day ago right um and then i say a prayer that uh, then i say uh please god supply my consciousness with sufficient force to remember the suffering and humiliation of my food addiction on a daily basis every moment of the day so we have that going against us with our disease right that we uh can't bring into our consciousness with sufficient force so my thought is the only person the only person who can do that is my higher power and then i go to page uh 42 i read just a line or two from 41 um and that's the guy that went to the hotel and um you know he just crossed the threshold of the dining room. This is that story, and a thought come to came to him that oh, it wouldn't it be nice to have a couple of cocktails at dinner um, but so not only had I been been off guard, I made no fight whatever against the first drink. this time, I had not thought of the consequences at all, and so the part I read is that or the part that I write about, I knew from that moment that willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. So then I started recognizing some of the strange mental blank spots I had. And they weren't, you know, necessarily um relapsing on food, but some of the behaviors that I had or the foods that I chose. But I, so I read that, read that, and then I read, please God protect me from strange mental blank spots. My willpower and self-knowledge are powerless against them. Your power can provide that um, protection. So, um, and then I, I read other stuff um, as well. But currently I am on the fifth step, uh, in the middle of my fifth step, I think we've had three appointments, um, probably at least one more, maybe two. And um, I'm grateful because a lot of it is about work. Well, and I'll just say one other thing. So like I told you before, I've been in OA for a long time. But my entire life is based on being abstinent. I got married in recovery. I had a baby in recovery. He's not a baby anymore. He's 15 Yeah, almost 16. Um, I got my job in recovery. And, you know, kind of everything is based on that. So I was feeling it all kind of, all areas of it were getting messy. Let me just say that. Um, But anyway, so. um, So anyway, there was a lot about work in my fifth step. Um, And. I am changing jobs. So I live currently in Orlando, Florida, and um, I've worked at this um, company I worked for for 11 years, and I'm leaving for, I've been in Florida 25 years, so almost all of my recovery as well. Um, so I feel like I grew up here, right? Like I became a, a woman here, a mature woman, a responsible woman, a, a woman of strength, something that. And um I had felt that all slipping away, but it but I'm abstinent again. I feel that strength coming back, tenuous, but it's there. And um I got offered a job in Illinois, which is my home state. Um and it's with the same company and um a promotion. So talked to my husband and uh we're moving. In fact, we're moving on June 17th. Um, They'll come and get our stuff. So I'm moving to Illinois. I will have all new relationships at work, even though I know everybody. You know, I know people, but I haven't worked with them closely. So it's a good time to be looking at the behaviors. And then um, somebody told me recently, and I like this, the definition of progress it's a decrease in duration a decrease in intensity and a decrease in frequency and um you know one thing I can say the work relationships uh even though I'd made some messes right even with uh years in the program I could still see that they weren't as intense there was less frequency and less duration so what I'm uh, hoping for is that my new relationships with coworkers will uh, improve even more. So um, I think that's it for me. Again, I appreciate being able to speak and um, I look forward to everyone's shares. Thank you.